Welcome everybody to the Pew Pew Panel Podcast. I am your host, Dalen Schaefer from Civilian Tactical with co-host Ava Flanell. I think we're actually both co-hosts. I'm pretty sure that's how this works. Actually, I I prefer the name Ava Flav. Ava Flava is in the house. We we were talking about that sort of PJ name. Yeah. (laughs) Peaches is somewhere around here running around. I'm sure she'll make an appearance here shortly. Um, but Dalen, before we start, you wanted to talk about Stag Arms, who's a huge sponsor of the show. We really appreciate them supporting the show. Um, and you were like scrolling through their website and you found something kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, on their website. So they have a lot of really cool limited edition rifles. They have some awesome three gun stuff. Best guns for lefties, in my opinion. Um, so they do a ton of really cool things. But I was looking at their state compliant guns. And I thought that was really cool because when you think about state compliant guns, they're not terribly profitable in a sense of, you know, you're essentially taking a gun that has higher capabilities and lowering them to match uh, government regulations. But it's really cool that Stag Arms is doing this because they're uh, proponents of the Second Amendment in states where it's restricted. Mm-hmm. So they're arming citizens in places where it might be a little bit harder to have guns and they're doing their best to get guns into the hands of people. Absolutely. And like to get state compliant is actually really hard. There's a lot of hoops to jump through. So the fact that they're willing to put in that work and make sure that they haven't forgotten about, you know, people that, you know, we would typically write off like, you know, in certain states, um, I think it says a lot about their company. So if you guys live in a restricted state, Stag Arms has not forgotten about you. They do make state compliant rifles that you can get your hands on. And they are also really good quality guns. Um, so now carrying on. Oh, and I'm sorry. Best of all, um, they gave us a coupon You can't forget code. this. This is the yeah, best part. This is, yeah. So, and this is actually really gener- generous of generous of them because um, any other company that I've worked with that sells guns, they typically can't give a coupon code that'll apply to firearms, but SAG Arms is allowing users to apply this to firearms. So if you use the code PewPew10, all one word, PewPew10, you're going to get 10% off, and that includes firearms. And if you want to check out, you know, all their inventory or stuff that they have, head on over to stagarms.com. That brings us, Ava, to our mail call. And Ava doesn't know I'm going to do this, but our mail call is normally where we share things that we've got, things that companies have sent us, or things that we've purchased. Um, and what I want you guys to do who are listening, let us know something interesting or fun that you guys have purchased in the comments or email it to us. And we're going to add it to this mail call segment. Uh, for me, I'll go first. I received some interesting stuff from a nutrient survival. They're also sponsors of this podcast and they just happened to send me like a box of things to try because they like to make sure that, you know, I know what they have, but they sent me a few cool things that I want to show you guys. And they are daily rations that they do nutrient survival is like freeze dried, like survival food, I would say, but it doesn't like taste like survival food. It tastes like real, real good food. So let me pull this up here. Just one second. We got three different types. And what's cool about them is they are for like, they have all the calories you need for a whole day. That being said, if you're going to be moving a lot, I like to grab two just in case you're really hungry. But these are really good. I'm excited to try them out. And I was actually bummed today. I'm like, oh, I'm going to try eating one of these for a full day, see how I feel afterwards and report back to you guys to see if it's like enough, if it tastes good, if I feel like if I, I don't know, if I'm craving anything afterwards or if they tick all the boxes, but it should be cool. And I'm a big, I like survival stuff. I like prepper stuff. Uh, Yeah. 
if anybody who knows me uh, is watching this, you'll know that I like that sort of stuff. So I'm excited to try it out. And I, I can't oh, yeah, go but think. It. Well, I can't but think you were like, and I'm kind of bummed because I think you were going with, you were going to try this today, where you're only going to live off of a nutrient survival pack, and then you probably got up in the morning and ate breakfast, ate and you're like, else. dang it. Yeah. Okay. That's why I'm tomorrow. Bummed. I'm not bummed because <laughs> I got them. I'm bummed because I didn't try them today. Yeah. yeah tomorrow. Tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. Same and thing. That's, that's what I tell myself with my diet, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, I helped it. But they did give us a code pewpew15. So if you guys want to try those out or stock up on like the number 10 cans, tons of food storage, tons of stuff like that, use code pewpew15 uh, with Nutrient Survival. Uh, if that's something that you guys are looking for, it's a code. It'll save you some money. And they have lots of offers on their website. Don't use their other offers. Use ours because then they know we sent you. And in the end, you'll get 15% off. So nice. yeah, that's what I got. Very cool. Well, I have Mantis. Um, I got the X10, which I just got another one. I've I've been using them actually quite a bit, and I asked for another one because I use it so much that I didn't, you know, I want them at multiple locations. But if you guys haven't heard of the X10, so it's a, a device that not only allows you to dry fire but also live fire, and it records i guess it kind of shows like your movement before during and after of taking your shots and then it'll tell you exactly like what you're doing wrong um not only will it grade your shooting but also it'll be like hey you know like maybe this little mechanism and i don't know exactly how it works um it just goes on the bottom of your picatinny rail of your gun um if your gun doesn't have a picatinny rail they do have like adapters where you could put it on a magazine and and then also, this actually doesn't even just work with handguns. You could also use it on rifles and shotguns as well. But um, it's really cool because, like, it I guess it just kind of records the movement, and it'll tell you exactly by the way that this moves around, like what you're doing. Maybe you're jerking the trigger, you're anticipating the shot, you're thumbing it, or, I mean, any of that stuff. And even when you think you're like, oh, you know, I probably don't need help. I've used this, and... You see it. Even if I'm even if I'm scoring pretty well, it will still tell me. It'll give me feedback, and I'm like, how does it even know that? Like for me, I wasn't using my left hand. I wasn't like my support hand. I wasn't like squeezing as much, and um, and as a result, it was causing me to, you know, not absorb the recoil as much. Like I wasn't able to control the recoil as much. So yeah, if you guys haven't checked this out, um, the X10 does allow you to also bring this to the range and shoot it with live ammo and it'll tell you exactly you know it'll give you that feedback whereas the other devices won't but they have a variety of stuff that you can use yeah they do laser trainers which is what i've used in the past i've never used something like that where you can stick it on a gun that shoots live ammo i yeah. know that they have like and i know that's not the only one either but i think that's really cool that's something that i sort of have on my bucket list um along with like taking some like proper classes to learn form is getting something like that that can tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong. So yeah. it is on my list of gun projects that I'm going to be doing this year. Um, so Definitely. that's a it very is. interesting tool. And I do like that you could also add live fire with it because how many times when you dry fire, you're like, well, I'm not anticipating the shot because I know there's not going to be recoil. And so you, you know, let's say you don't like apply that, like when you're shooting when you're dry firing, you you don't have that that issue. But then as soon as you put live ammo in your gun, you're like, oh, I know that there's going to be recoil and you anticipate the shot. Right. So this kind of helps for you to like overcome that. So yeah, it's just, it's a great device. And if you guys want to check it out, uh, the website is mantisx.com. That's awesome. Which Ava, that brings us to our would you rather segment. 
And there are some super serious questions in here today. Again, you guys can submit these at pewpewpanel at gmail.com. Write us a quick email or drop it in the comments of our of the YouTube uh, video. Because um, we do have this on YouTube, we have audio. So however you're listening, we have a way you could submit these. You can also put your mail call, something you guys have bought recently that you like. Um, and we'll, we'll put it in future episodes if you guys send them. Um, this would you rather... Would you rather 20 tiny Great Danes or one massive Chihuahua? I'm assuming mm-hmm. this Chihuahua is the size of a Great Dane. That's hilarious. So I uh, I was just at the vet the other day with Peaches, and even the vets were like, honestly, low-key, like, we kind of can't stand Chihuahuas. But they're like, your Chihuahua is really nice, but, like, most Chihuahuas are really mean. And then I have a friend who's in law enforcement, and he said that he's bit he's been bitten three times by a dog, and they were all Chihuahuas. And yes. Like, I mean, they really are, they're like temperamental. They're kind of neurotic. You know, they're always shaking and they have like that little small dog syndrome. <laughs> I have almost been bit by three dogs and I think two of them were, were chihuahuas. So, yeah. But your, yeah, your, your, uh, your dog is told peaches is like the sweetest thing ever. Yeah. She's sweet, but she does have her moments where I think her little chihuahua-ness kicks in and I'm like, you're, you need to chill out. Like you are acting like a little chihuahua. Um, man, and then can you imagine like a Great Dane like being just little, like the size of peaches? That sounds so cute. But you get twenty of them, Ava. You have to deal with twenty of them. I know how nice and temperament they are. They do come in in a batch of twenty. And can you imagine just the disaster that they would cause? Like, just I love animals, and I wish I could adopt all the animals. But I'm also a clean freak, and at give even give like any given moment, my house looks like a model home. And I could just imagine, I mean, either way, I think you're screwed. You have a big dog that's the size of a Great Dane. They're going to do some damage. But if you have 20 little tiny dogs, they're also going to do damage, if not more. I feel like you can't have them live in your house. You almost have to build a house for them, no matter which yeah. option you pick. I know. I'm going to go with the 20 Great Danes, because I just really like little dogs. Gotcha. I think I would, uh, I would I'd pick one massive Chihuahua, but... Man, that would be the most frightening thing ever. I'm not a huge I know. dog person for anybody listening. I have children, and I love my children. And it's a lot of work to have children. And so I say, why why make it double? And yeah, just, I'll stick with kids. Man, I the only problem is, is like a Great Dane-sized Chihuahua. I mean, that, and I don't think I'm alone where I say, like, Chihuahuas are neurotic. Like, they're kind of psycho. So it like, would be it would be terrifying. Like, yeah, you're like basically asking for the most dangerous dog ever. That's probably. I, I bet it would be worse than like a pit bull. Yeah, it would just be crazy. Well, I I love pit bulls too. I think I do think that like I don't think like a certain breed is meaner than others. I say that after dog. you know after saying chihuahua. I mean chihuahuas are weird, but they all have like their own little personalities. But like even just with peaches, I think it just depends on how you raise the dog. Yeah. Um, so I've seen like some of the sweetest dogs that I've seen have been pit bulls. But yeah, I would imagine like a Chihuahua sized Great Dane would probably be like the craziest freaking dog. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, good luck with uh, your big dog and I'll have fun <laughs> with my 20 little dogs. <laughs> All, right, All right. So next. You read off, uh, read off this next one for us, Ava. All right. It says, would you rather have 50 mounted Oh, would you rather have a 50 mounted to the back of a truck or five Priuses with full auto belt fed ARs? 
So you get, it's sort of the same situation where you get five Priuses with full auto belt fed ARs, but it's an AR and it's on a Prius. So it, it, it really just sounds like you've downsized and you're getting five of them. Your yeah. off-roading capabilities would be minimal to none. But, I mean, strategically, if you had to maneuver them, you do have a lot more uh, firepower. So th that, the Priuses at least are divisible. You know, it's there was like this, uh, I think it was like Black Rifle Coffee, um, Matt Best, like put together some video of like a little Prius or something and there was some gun mounted on it. And I want to say that it had so much recoil that it like made the Prius move. I'm not entirely sure, but like something like that is coming to mind. And so I also am like, okay, you have these little Priuses and then even if it's full like full auto belt fed okay ar so it's not gonna have i don't know i'm like can the gun can the car itself even handle that amount well of well the issue with what i think um i, I can't i think the issue with what black rifle coffee did is they mounted a vulcan cannon to a prius which is a little bit mm. more powerful than a 50 cal you, you've mounted a minigun to a prius yeah which is just comical yeah um so, yeah, you would definitely have issues if you did that. But with an AR, I think you'd be fine. And a 50 cal on a truck, I think you'd be fine. I would assume you're going to be picking a Toyota rather than like a Ford. But everybody in the comments, let us know which you would pick. Uh -huh. If you got to pick a truck with a 50 cal, if you'd pick a Ford or a, or a, or a to Toyota Tacoma or yeah. a Hilux, one of those original Hiluxes that we don't get here, let us know. Um. I think I would just go with the Priuses as much as I'm a car person and I don't really want to be seen in such a car. I mean, you kind of can't beat the five belt. The fed fuel thing. economy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That's that. That's a good uh, a good pick. I feel like I would want to soup up my Priuses, like lift them or something like that, if I'm going to have five of them. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, five belt-fed ARs would be epic, especially if they're transferables. Oh, I know. Yeah. That would be great. Uh, I think I'll go... I haven't shot a 50 before, so I think I'd go 50 on the back of a truck. Uh, it sounds cliche, but I think it would be a ton of fun. It would only be cool and fun, no hear speeches, um, if... Uh, my baby. If the 50 was full auto, because... Oh, they're, bo they're both full auto. Let's assume uh... all of these are all full auto. Well, then hell, then yeah, if you told me that, then I'm totally doing the truck and the 50, you know, full auto. Then I don't look like a little loser driving a Prius. <laughs> tell me, tell me belt fed ARs. I mean, status I know. Semi auto. Oh, it's just so oh, painful to see. Totally. Yeah. So painful. Yeah. Not saying, not saying it's not a bad idea to get one, but it's just sad that they're in semi. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question is, would you rather have a SIG P320 tungsten frame or the Smith & Wesson metal competitor for competition shooting? I've shot um, neither of those. The closest I've shot was a P320. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure, like, the trigger was some super special trigger, but I'm pretty sure with the P320, the trigger unit's just the trigger you get. And... It was actually horrifying because my favorite gun is the Canik SFX Rival and Steel Frame. And I could tell that the Canik Trigger was better. But the thing that blew my mind is I shot the P320 just as accurately. 
So it was kind of terrifying because uh, I taught me that I just have to work on my form and that the trigger isn't going to help me up to a certain point. Yeah. I think I would go with the tungsten frame, though. You've shot that. You said it was super heavy, but I, I like heavy, so I think I might try it out. I mean, it wasn't like super heavy, but it definitely was uh, slightly uncomfortably uncomfortably heavy for me. But I know a lot of people that use it for competition. So I'd say, you know, if you're like kind of a bigger person, I think they really enjoy it. And then I've also shot the competitor. I have that. Um, I like the competitor, but I actually shot just the regular 2.0 metal better than the competitor. The competitor has like a comp on it. It's a longer uh, barrel. But um, did it then, feel different than the than the 2.0, the MMP 2.0? Um, so there's the metal 2.0 and then the metal 2.0 competitor, and the competitor is just a little bit longer and has like a few upgrades. But I actually kind of prefer prefer the just the regular metal 2.0. And also, I think it's a little deceiving because people think like, oh, metal, so it must be heavier. I honestly think that the it's aluminum. It's not actually like steel or anything. So it's not even really like even that comparison, although both would be used for competition, um, slightly deceiving because you're not really getting a lot of weight from the 2.0 metal. Right. It's just like an ounce heavier or something like that. And it looks really cool too. It does look cool. Yeah. So style points somewhere in there. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I guess I would choose I would choose the competitor, the Smith and Wesson competitor. Just Probably because... more similar to what you shoot more often. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, all right, I think that that wraps up the Would You Rather. Um, but we're gonna do a quick ad from Mandelbrot Arms, who's also one of our sponsors, and really fortunate to have them as well. And again, skimming through their website, um, I noticed that. Like, think about how many people out there have the CZ Scorpions and, like, the little micro pistols. Well, what's nice about that is um, if you wanted to put a stock on it, you can. Mandacore makes it. It's called the Scorpion Evo Slider Stock. And it's similar to the MP5A3, uh, like the telescoping stock. You can fire it collapsed or extended and it just, I mean, it looks really nice. And it when it's collapsed, it just still has that very tiny, compact package, you know, to it. And then on top of that, um, let's say you wanted to add the butt pad that Manticore Arms makes. That would go well together with the, uh, with the Evo slider stock. So if there were guns that I would SBR, it would be a little pistol like that, like the Scorpion. There's, there's only a few guns I would want to SBR and put a stock on but that would definitely be one of them it's just like so cute and little i would yeah i would definitely no doubt i would i would do it um so if you guys if you guys want to you know sbr your gun and you're looking for a stock definitely check out manicore arms we do have a coupon code which is pew pew 15 and that's getting you 15 percent off your entire order and manicorearms.com all right, so now it's time for listener questions slash comments. We incre- we included the comment section because some of these comments were just too good not to include. But the first question is, if you could have any gun for everyday carry, cost isn't an issue, what would it be? And this is from Austin Martin. Yeah, so this is an interesting one because I think we've had, we've had similar questions. We get a lot of different questions about like... Uh 
M uh, the Sig three sixty five versus the MC nine or what's your favorite everyday everyday carry? But this is a little bit different because you get to pick anything you want. Um, you get to pick anything you want, man. This is hard because like part of me just wants to be like, oh, I pick a staccato. I know that they have like their their small fr- they, form guns. Yeah, they. But have... that's just so that's such a cop out answer. I feel like it's easy. Well, plus, so they have like their their carry model, but I don't even think it's really that small. I think it's still fairly big. It's pretty so I don't, wide. Yeah, so I don't know if I could even actually carry it that well. So, unfortunately, like if we're talking about everyday carry, unless I was open carrying, I'm still limited to just what's available out there. And like at that point, what do we have? We have the P365, the Masada Slim, the Hellcat. The uh, FN just came out with one uh, that I'm drawing a blank on the name. And it almost seems like price doesn't affect how good those guns are at all. Yeah, because some you definitely pay more for than others. And I would say, from my experience, some shoot better than others. Um, Some of the least expensive ones shoot better. And Uh, given the fact that the staccato being too big, even though it's like a nicer gun in a way it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a gun i would carry i would be less likely to carry it because it's bigger mm-hmm. more likely to carry something that's just smaller even if it's cheaper and doesn't have like the same performance yeah you know what i might go with is um i don't know so i did just go to like in the last i think it was like two or three months ago i went to the sig retreat the sig rose retreat and Sig just came out with their their Rose, you know, it's Lena Mikulik's edition. And um, not to say that I'm like, I mean, I did just watch the Barbie movie, don't judge me. Um, and I mean, I like pink, but I don't really like pink on my firearms. But the Rose edition has like rose gold accents on, you know, different parts of the gun. But I, I would maybe go with that, which is, I've seen it anywhere from like, I mean, typically like 800, give or take. I think I would go with that one, though, because it has a comp on it, uh, which right. helps kind of mitigate that recoil. And uh, my everyday carry as it is is the P365. So, But the only thing is I actually haven't shot that gun, but I would imagine that it probably shoots just slightly better because of that comp. Right. Yeah. I mean, those are hard guns to find, honestly. Whenever I see them, like, in a gun shop, they always, like, go pretty quick. Yeah, I know. There's, like, there's like these all these women out there that... They've created this, like, this, like, I don't know, just this, like, uh, almost like a cult where they, and I belong to their Facebook group, too, and and there's people that are like, has anyone seen one? And, like, the minute, you know, it's posted, then, like, sells out immediately. So It's nice that they haven't gone bright pink colors. I think that's a big thing is, like, women don't necessarily want, like, some hot pink or turquoise, like, handgun. So it's yeah. nice that they came out with something that actually looks stylish. Uh, yeah. As, if, if anybody hasn't seen it, like the hand grip is also engraved as well with the rose. So that's a that's a pretty cool gun. That's a good pick, honestly. Yeah. What would you pick? Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm just going right outside uh, the box. And when I give my, gonna answer, go with, gonna like, I already know you're gonna be like, Ooh, I want my Taurus. No, it's gonna be way better than that. <laughs> okay. I that's would. Good. I would pick. All right, you ready for this? The transferable Scorpion with a folding stock you get you can get those very concealed it's big Uh, it's big but if price isn't an issue you pop that little stock out and you can go although 
if you're gonna run that you're gonna want like seven megs to go with it because they'll mm-hmm. last like two seconds each yeah okay that's not a bad you know i mean i guess you're just going to get some baggier pants if you're going to carry it around yeah i'll just have like a nice suit jacket i'll have it right on the inside i'm sure that'll fit well or what about the um that zev gun that magpul magpul and zev uh teamed up to make and it's that suitcase gun oh i have seen that that is that would actually be yeah and i have no idea what the price is going to be on that but that would actually be now that would be something that i'd want i take back my answer those yeah i knew you would after i gave such a crazy (laughs) answer those scare me in a way because it's just like this briefcase you're pointed at everywhere and then like bam you pop it out and i don't think they're cool i don't think it's scary i think that if anything people are gonna you know start you know, double thinking, like, what are they, what are they going to say in the work area? You know, I mean, you and I, I think we both have worked corporate and there was a lot of people that pissed me off. So I feel like, you know, they'd probably like, oh, okay. I don't know what's in their briefcase. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that was a cool gun. That All right. Very cool one. All right. Now that I got kind of awkward and I talked about workplace violence, uh, next question is, would you rather carry a full-size Glock like the 2145 ACP or a compact like the 43X 9mm? And that is from Jacob Bray. This is uh, an interesting one because it's along the same lines of something big or something tiny. Um, Do you know the... I've never shot the, the, the Glock 41 before. Have you? Uh, you mean the 21? I 21, sorry. Yeah, I shot it. Although it's kind of crazy with the Glock coming out with like uh, newer models recently. I'm just like, okay, how do you even keep up with all these numbers? I have, um, I just, I don't really like 45. I don't love when it's a polymer pistol. I like, if I'm going to shoot 45, I like shooting out of like a 1911 polymer pistol, you know, 10 millimeter polymer pistol. I think it just kind of gets borderline where it's like not as fun to shoot. Um, but I mean, hands down, I would go with the 43X all day. And that is something that I also rotate in my concealed carry pretty often. And 45 ACP versus 10 millimeter. Is that even a rabbit hole we want to go down? Because I'm not a mass, like, I don't have a massive knowledge on that. Is, do you? Um, so 10 millimeter, I really think the, the place for 10 millimeter is not really for self-defense against humans, but like wildlife. So if you're one to go camping or hiking or something like that, and you have a lot of wildlife that you want to protect yourself, then I would say 10 millimeters the way to go. As and far you're as saying 45 and the 10 mil are very similar. They're similar, but I believe ballistically the 10 millimeter has more of an advantage. Gotcha. Because I've shot, I don't want the model, the, the Glock that is chambered in 10 mil, and I did not enjoy that one immensely. Yeah. So maybe that's my guide as to whether or not I'd like the Glock 21. Yeah, it'll probably have a little less recoil than the 10 millimeter. Yeah, and it wasn't but a it recoil is... issue as much as uh, there's a big gun. Yeah. It's just a big, chunky gun. Yeah. So I couldn't shoot it as well as the SIG in 10 millimeter, for example. So are we going to say that you would go with the 43X as well? Uh, the limited round capacity is the issue because the 43X, if I'm not mistaken, um, it's still a single stack. Is that correct? Yeah, but let's see how many. Let me look real quick to see how many 
while Ava's looking at this, you guys, I know that there are aftermarket mags you can get. So instead of being polymer, which requires it to be a little bit thicker, there are companies out there that have made uh, like shield metal, arms. Yeah, that have made the metal magazines, which allow it to almost double stack, sort of. It just sort of offsets a little bit more. And then that allows you to get a lot more in the as far as round capacity goes in the same size. Um, so I am aware that that exists, but I'm just talking standard with the mags that Glock ships it with. Mm -hmm. And so the the mags that Glock ships it with, only it only carries 10 rounds. But um, I do, like Shield Arms makes a really nice base plate that'll add additional rounds. Um, who is the company that I used to always carry? So when I, when, back in the day when I carried the Glock 42 for the longest time, um, I got a base plate and it was like kind of like a, a lavender purple. And I was like, oh, look at me, I'm so pretty. <laughs> Uh, but that allowed me to, you know, carry two extra rounds. But I think the nice. Shield Arms one, it could either carry two or up to four. So that kind of helps a little bit as well. Yes. But... And I think if we just had to pick stock, I think even though I didn't enjoy it as much, just understanding the capabilities of it and uh, round-wise, I mean, it's a bigger gun. So, like, for the same amount of space, you're going to get less rounds. Yeah. Um, but it is also just a bigger gun overall, which allows you to carry more. I think I would go the 21. I think I'd go the 21, and I'm not a fan of 45 ACP. Uh, don't kill me, you guys, in the comments. I'm just not a fan of it. I prefer 9mm. <laughs> but I think I would do that just for the capacity standpoint. I mean, as long as you don't say that you're not a fan of 40, because then they're going to come after you, and then they're going to accuse you of well, the show. I'm just, wait. Know, I'm not a fan of the 40 gun. I <laughs> the gun 40. <laughs> Okay, listen, Dalen, I'm pretty sure this show is sponsored by Bud Light now, okay? <laughs> We've got the, that comment. The same guy who, like, got into an argument with me about, or maybe it wasn't the same guy, I don't know, got, um, he chimed in about the stupid 40 and, you know, basically saying that I'm an idiot for not liking 40, like, okay. I feel like we're empowering our haters right now. They know that we'll remember anything they say, but we're I mean, it, it made me laugh, though. It, like... <laughs> Instead of like making me cry, like, oh no, our new show, nobody likes us. Cause there's, we still got a lot of good comments, but um, it did make me laugh, especially when the guy's like, I think this, this show might as well be sponsored by Bud Light. And I was like, what? <laughs> we know you guys love us. We, there's hate comments, but there's also good comments. Actually, speaking of good comments, that's kind of what we roped into the comment section here. Ava, do you want to read the last, uh, well, read the second to last one. I'll read the last one. And, uh, yeah, they're just comments you guys have left us on the show. Okay, so the second to last one you want me to read? Yeah, go for it. Okay, it says, so excited for more Ava. Oh, what? Oh, my God. There was also somebody that uh, said they liked Peaches, too. They love us. They really love us. So thank you, guys. It motivates us to make more. There's another one that said, I love your video, Civilian Tactical. Can't wait for more podcasts to come out. Keep up the great work. So thank you guys for sending nice comments, motivating us. We love it. Yeah. Um, it's it's fun. We like doing this. So it's it's great that you guys enjoy it as well. And that, uh, anything else with that, Eva? No. <clears throat> awesome. No, I was just going to say, yeah, thanks guys for all those nice comments. Because it does kind of, you know, especially when you start something new, it's never easy starting a new endeavor. So that definitely, you know, helps encourage us. And, you know, it's like, okay, I think we're on the right path and people are enjoying it and we're going to continue to, you know, just bust out more content. So totally. And coming at it from the other side, it's interesting because anybody who's listening, you're like, of course we love this. Like I'm listening to it. I have it in my feed. And so we know that because, and I, 
like sometimes I'm working on projects, I'll be doing like, I'll be mowing the lawn and I'll be listening to a podcast and I'm enjoying it. And there's absolutely no way that I can comment and mm-hmm. say, this is a good, I'm enjoying it, you know? Yeah. So we know that you guys are out there, even if you can't say it, like if you're driving or whatever, we know that you guys enjoy the podcast. So, but if you can definitely leave us a comment, it's exciting for us to get them. And that leads us into our sponsor for this podcast, which is Aura. Aura does digital online security. So you guys have heard me talk about them a little bit in the past. They're a really helpful tool. Now, if you guys have anybody in your family who is elderly or who just isn't as technologically adept, Aura is very interesting because they offer uh, antivirus software, which is can be really easy for older people to accidentally install, clicking on the wrong things. So they offer antivirus as well as digital online protection. So or it can be super helpful if you guys have anybody in your family who's older and you want to be able to protect them. You can sign them up for Aura. Um, I've used Aura to erase my information from the web from four different websites, uh, delete a virus that was trying to mine Bitcoin on my computer. So I'm like, hey, this is actually working. Mm-hmm. This is cool. And you guys can try them out for free for 14 days if you use the code civilian tactical, all one word, all lowercase. So go to Aura.com. Try them for 14 days with the code civilian tactical. And that brings us to our main topic of today's episode, which is Turkish shotguns. And first we're going to go over the pros. Then we're going to go over the cons, or I said shotguns, but just Turkish guns in general. First, we're going to go over the pros and then the cons of Turkish guns. I know, Ava, you own some Turkish guns. I own some Turkish guns. I think everybody well, has shot a Turkish gun at some point. I mean, I guess I didn't realize that I own Turkish guns, but I was like, oh, yeah, the Kanik, the Janik is Turkish. Um, but, I mean, I've heard of a lot of them, I guess. I didn't realize, I didn't put much thought into it. But So my knowledge as far as, like, Turkish guns goes um, isn't really that extensive. But I will say, like, around 2020 when all the guns were flying off the shelves, there were a lot of companies you know that were coming out people were stocking certain brands that i was like i've never heard of that and i feel like that was kind of like turkey's way of like cool like now we can get more into the u.s market because a lot of the u.s manufacturers were sold out and you know um and if anybody's wondering what comes from turkey primarily it's handguns and shotguns that's not because Turkey can't make good rifles. It's because of really dumb import laws in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken, we would see a lot more Turkish rifles. But when it comes to the shotguns and the handguns, it's a little bit easier for importing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not like some special FFL that imports. I know nothing about it. That's just kind of what I've heard from people talking about it. So if there's more to that story than I'm saying, uh, definitely let us know. But that's sort of what, when we're going to be talking about these Turkish guns, you're going to hear mostly it's going to be handguns and shotguns, actually, that we're going to be mentioning. So to kind of prepare, which when I say prepare, I saw this on the show, and then like two minutes before we started a recording, I was like, I should probably know some of these names. And I guess I have heard of it, um, and I'm I'm not pronouncing this well at all. Um, what was the one for SAR? SAR USA is just their, the name that they go by, but it's like Sarzelmaz. Yes. Uh, it's like the full name. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right again, but uh, they said we can call them SAR USA, so that's what we're going to call them. Yeah, and and actually, I don't quote me if I'm wrong, but I'm like, is SAR and EAA, are they under the same company, like under the same umbrella? And I didn't think so. Um, I 
am also no expert on this, so if you guys know in the comments, you can let us know. We do know that they're all Turkish, though. Yeah. And a lot of those Turkish guns, it's interesting, especially the shotguns, even if they're not made by the same company, the same company will make parts for the two different companies. You know, if there are two companies making a shotgun, they have the same person make their safeties, their triggers, their trigger guards. So, uh, so. very similar to here in the U.S.? Yeah, very similar to here uh -huh. in the U.S., except they don't care if it looks the same. Here in the U.S., they at least, like, will put a different handguard on this AR so you don't notice the barrels made by, like, FN. Yeah. But the Turkish ones, they just look the same. But it is very similar to that, yes. And then there is Gerson, which I think, uh, just Googling them, it looks like they just make 1911s. Yeah, I, I haven't shot those yet. Kirsten, I don't, hopefully, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or it, not, but it actually kind of looks cool. I mean, just, I'm on like the, the main website and it kind of looks like, I don't know. I mean, there's like some, uh, little, it's like the slides ported out. Uh, there's like, you know, the little window cuts and. And that's the interesting thing about these Turkish shotguns for anybody listening. And that's one of the big pros is that you can get something that is either a higher, has um, more features for a lower price, or if you're getting a standard gun, it's going to be cheaper. And this doesn't always reflect in the quality. Do your research, though, because sometimes it does. You pay a cheap price, you get a cheap gun, but sometimes you are paying a lower price and you're not getting a cheaper gun. Hmm. So it really depends on the manufacturer, and actually it just depends on the gun, too. Even if it's two guns for the same manufacturer, sometimes you just want to make sure you test the one that you're interested in. Um, so that is something to keep in mind as well when it comes to the kind of the pros behind it. It's, well, going to be a lot cheaper. Interesting. Have you? Do you have any experience with the uh, Gerson uh, shotguns? Nothing with Gerson shotguns. Uh, even EAA, no Desert Eagles. I haven't, I haven't shot anything exciting like that. Huh. Because I know there was one shotgun that was, and I wish I paid more attention to it, but uh, a few people were saying, they're like, yeah, it's like they, they spent like, I don't know, two $300 for this shotgun. And they were like, honestly, it's one of the best shotguns that I've ever shot. And I'm, I'm not, just wondering. Yeah. I don't know that. which brand that one was, but something very interesting for people to know is, so Benelli made in Italy. You think of Benelli, you think of Italy. Something yeah. really interesting with these shotgun companies is a lot of them are conglomerates which means they'll like buy up a smaller company or maybe a company that's the same size and they'll kind of merge them mm -hmm. so Benelli is all made in Italy but they have a subsidiary that is actually made in Turkey so it's all of the Italian engineering all of the Italian expertise in manufacturing with the Turkish where the, the actual work happening in Turkey, the actual machining happening in Turkey, even though all the design has been done by Benelli. And that company is Stoger. Oh, interesting. So when you buy a Stoger, it's made in Turkey, but they're just doubling down with all the design they've already done for Benelli's. So Stoger shotguns, I own the Stoger P3000. It's a sort of like a waterfowl gun, um, and it has never had any problems. Part of that's just because it's a Benelli. Yeah. In a way, in a way. I know it's not exactly Benelli, not the same detail has gone into the quality control or like the way that the gun's been put together, but it is a Benelli in a way. <laughs> so that is something interesting to know. 
Yeah, that is. That's I actually did not know that. Uh, and then there's also a company called Tsas Tsas. Yeah, that sounds familiar. They do 1911s, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, I have not tried their guns. I've, yeah. I've seen them, though. I have. Um, but I don't know. So, like, right now, like, I'm on the TSIS USA website, and it, I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, because think about, like, Rock Island. Remember, do you remember for the longest time, and actually, I don't know if this is true or not, but I remember Rock Island, they said that they, they actually, um, they were on the same island as, like, Colt, and interesting when... So Colt left behind all their machinery or sold their machinery to Rock Island. And so Rock Island and Colts are very similar. And I'm sure as people are listening to this, they're going to be like, I forgot about that. Or that this was like a rumor going around. So people are like, so basically Rock Islands are essentially Colts, but, you know, for half the price. And uh, and then I've talked to like other people and they were like, no, that's a total misconception. Like, that's just a rumor. That's not true. Um, so I'm I'm curious, like if anybody's listening to this and they're like, oh, I forgot about that, or they actually know like the actual, you know, what what actually really happened. I'm interested. But um, anyways, I'm on the website and like the thesis. Uh, there's like one for four twenty nine. There's a few for seven ninety nine. But still, I mean, Rock Island. I haven't looked at their prices in a while. Um, which again, Rock Island isn't U.S. made. It's made in. Um, what is it called um, in the Philippines? Interesting. I had, I did not know that. That's that's really interesting to know. Yeah, but which, which is actually brings up an interesting point because a lot of people are going to say like, don't buy Turkish, buy American. I have my Springfield Armory Hellcat, or like I you know yeah. like I have this brand, and it's like, well, that was Croatia. Really look, yeah, exactly. Springfield makes a lot of their guns. They're Hellion. Uh, their Hellcat, the new Echelon that's made in Croatia. So double check, like if you want to go American, there's only a few brands that do exclusively American. I'm pretty sure, you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ava, but I'm pretty sure Smith & Wesson is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not even going to start trying to list them off because I couldn't. But people like Glock make um, guns in America. They make guns in Austria as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these brands, if you want an American gun... You're not necessarily always going to get an American gun just because it has an American name. Yeah. So do keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I guess that brings us to the cons of Turkish guns, which there's a few, and it's not incredibly hard to find them. They're not terribly hidden. But first, a quick uh, plug for Gun Zone Deals. They are a supporter of this channel because they tell people about our podcast and what gun zone deals does is they essentially do deals on firearms excess not really firearms accessories even especially but they do a lot of edc stuff so if you're thinking knives and flashlights they do a ton of smoking deals on knives and flash on knives and flashlights so check out gun zone deals they always have like a deals section as well so a massive thank you to Gun Zone Deals for sponsoring and supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without all the help of our sponsors and supporters. So you guys give them love for making this happen. And uh, that brings us, yeah, to the cons of Turkish guns. What are you thinking, Ava? So, um, so I guess, I don't know, the main thing is, like, if the company hasn't been around that long and, you know, this Turkish company just rolls out and they start selling, like, 
you know, inexpensive guns, if there's any issues, like who are you going to send it back to? And are you going to have to pay that fee to send it overseas? And what does that look like? Um, and then I would also think, even if you could fix it yourself, are there going to be parts, you know, I mean, 1911s, you know, if there is some sort of issue with any of the Turkish 1911s, I would imagine that you could find a part that's very similar, but... And even if you can fix it, it's not like you wanted it to break in the first place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, that would probably be my biggest con, but again, I don't have that much knowledge about Turkish guns, so I don't know. I'm, I'm curious as to, like, what you're going to... Yeah, there's a couple there's a couple things with Turkish shot or Turkish guns in general. One is the shotguns. So companies like Stoger, it's attached to Benelli, so you know you're getting something good. But if you go to other Turkish shotguns, they're like one-off manufacturers who are buying parts from maybe the same people and they're just whipping something up and importing it. And this filled a big spot, like you said, during the gun run of twenty twenty, during COVID and everybody <laughs> wanted a gun, and they were the only things left. But they people started to realize that a lot of those shotguns would just fall apart. So you do have to be careful. Not all of them. Just mm -hmm. do your research. But a lot of the guns are poor quality when it comes to the shotguns. Um, usually, if a company has done a handgun, they've done it well. Uh, you guys can correct me if you know of like a Turkish handgun that hasn't been around long, that like wasn't any good. Let me know. It's, this is probably why I haven't heard about it. But a lot of these companies that have done the handguns have done like a surprisingly good job canic. Like I've never had an issue with the canic, you know, I've never, um, no breaking or anything like that. But the cons are with these smaller Turkish companies. Yeah. There's like no accountability, like you said, hmm. and you don't want to have to fix it yourself. You know, I also just thought of something too. When I purchase a firearm, I always think about like, okay, if tough times come ahead, you know, can I, is this going to hold its resale value? And I would imagine, you know, maybe you're saving like a hundred or two hundred dollars more, but ultimately, like, I don't think it's going to hold its value if you go to save it because people, it's not a recognizable brand that people are familiar with. So I would imagine that, like, you would probably get a lot less, you know, selling a Turkish gun um, than you know a gun that people would recognize the name of. I mean, just totally. just my opinion. And, and if you are going to buy one of those, it's totally fine. Just know what you're getting into. For example, I have a Turkish gun that I painted and I'm having, I'm getting my money's worth out of it because I'm having a lot of fun with it, not because <laughs> it's performing incredibly well. An arguably horrible paint job, Ava would uh, say with the, the camo that I do, my hokey pokey, really kind of terrible camo job that I do. But I know that I'm getting, you know, it was a $200 gun, and I know that I'm getting good entertainment value out of it because I'm having fun with it. Yeah. So it works. So just know that getting into it, you're not working with a quality piece of uh, machinery. You're not, you don't have a quality piece. So yeah, definitely keep that in mind as well. And then yeah. just supporting, um, you're not supporting the American economy. You're not supporting American people 100%. Though an interesting aspect of this is the they all of these companies do have a large American presence. And a good example of this would be a Springfield. So when you are buying a Springfield, Hellion, Hellcat, Echelon, even though it's made in Croatia, they have tons of American employees mm -hmm. and they do all of their marketing with American companies and they do their marketing with American um, YouTubers and American magazines, and they spend a lot of money in America. And a lot of that money goes right back to paying the salaries of the people that work in America. Hmm. 
and then of course paying for the guns themselves so even though it was made in a different country a good portion of it does support you know american people but do keep in mind that some of that isn't yeah so it's a kind of a mixed bag absolutely i think that kind of wraps everything up i think it does all right so now it's time to pick a listener of the week and i don't know who they are i'm gonna pick number four Oh, Ava okay. has a list, and I'm just right. gonna I'm just gonna jump to it. I'm gonna pick four. Unless we've picked four, I have a different number in my head. But let me know if we have a four on the list there. All right, let's see. Let me scroll all the way down to where the reviews are. Oh, now we have. We actually did get more reviews. Um, so let's scroll For all the way listening, down. If you leave a review on Apple Podcast. We enter you into a sort of a, a review raffle, if you will, and we're going to read it off here. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you like about the podcast, and then comment your favorite food. I don't know if we've done food yet. Have we done so, food? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. okay. But um, unfortunately, number four was already chosen, and that was Dave the Hunter. So oh, now you have to choose okay. a different number. Let's go to five. All right. So number five, the one right up from it. So favorite new podcast, uh, four stars. This always cracks me up. I feel like they accidentally hit the- You guys can go back and change that, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Four stars. Thank you. And it's from Austin 0712345. Uh, love listening to you guys on my way to work. It's really nice to listen to people who are knowledgeable about firearms. I love the format of the show. How it bounces around. It doesn't get stagnant. You guys are doing great. Keep up. Keep it up. I tattoo in Greensboro, North Carolina. I typed this last episode and never got the send button. So embarrassed. Oh, so maybe he like typed it up real quick and then never pressed the send button. And and you had actually sent us a thing telling everybody that you tattoo about our podcast if they're interested in guns. I did see that in our emails. So thank you for that. Also, four stars is good because it motivates us to do better. And then you can come back in a couple weeks or in a month or whenever you think we deserve that fifth star, you can always upgrade us. So Right. I know. Because actually, here we are. We're like thinking that he made a mistake. Maybe he actually was thinking that we were just good enough for four stars. <laughs> he knows he can change it eventually once we get better. So yeah. we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. All right. Awesome. Well, um, that guy, contact us. Just go to uh, pewpewpanel.com. Click on the contact us form and send a good mailing address. And on that note, I think it's a wrap. What do you say, Dalen? I say so. Thank you guys for listening, and we will see you guys in the next one.